Hello! And after a very, very long delay, I am very pleased to welcome you all back to the, what, eighth or ninth episode of the Elio podcast? The last episode was on March the 7th, and it's been a long time. A lot's happened. Um, I couldn't find time to do this anymore, except now, when I've got basically all the time in the world since I've I've left school. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just excited to to bring some 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 podcasts out to you. I've got a I've got a whole mind map of topics that I want to go through, but I thought I'd start with probably the biggest one on there, the one that people can talk about on their own, the one that people can you can talk about it and have an opinion on it without having an extensive knowledge of outer space and you know planetary science, astronomy, etc. Um, and that is the question of life. And aliens, and what's are we alone in the universe? Are we alone in the galaxy? Are we even alone in the solar system? Um, and it's been a question that has obviously puzzled a lot of uh, everyone since humans could think. We always wondered, are we alone? What's out there? You know, and we've only just started looking. Um, but so far, obviously, we've found nothing. There's been hopes. There've been gl- there's been glimmers. Of what's of what could happen, of what you know, of what's out there, of what could potentially be uh, signs of life, what celestial bodies could potentially harbor life, um, and today we're just going to go over that and you know maybe change some people's opinion on on if there is life out there or or not, um, person, and then we'll finish it off with my opinion at the end personally um, because being a a person who's quite interested in space, I do have an opinion on this, as you'll probably expect. Um and I I, I I think it's quite backed up. Although I do not claim at all to be a expert on this whatsoever. I highly, highly recommend that you do your own research on this as well as watch this. Um because as much as as I've done a lot of research for this, but there's just so much. So if you really are interested, I strongly recommend you uh, do further research than just watch this. But also make sure you're watching this as you do it um, because it just helps. It helps me with the podcast and it helps it to grow and all that all that stuff. Um, however, this one is going to be quite a long one probably, just looking at my, uh, my script and my notes. Um, but... Just take, you know, just get comfy, get your headphones in, whatever, get a drink, get food, just get comfy and get, if you want, if you really do want to, are you, if you're really using this for a informative thing, which you can do, by the way, I have fact-checked everything here, except the, and I will tell you when there's an opinion or when there's not, um, but everything here is fact-checked, everything here you can use as, um, as a fact in whatever if you're discussing this. So if you are interested in doing that, I recommend you get a paper, a a pen and paper, and you get ready to write a lot of stuff down because it's a long topic, but I hope that you all enjoy. Um, So without further ado, we're going to answer the first question of the podcast. So our first question is what we can, what can we define as life? In the Oxford Dictionary, life is defined as the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, 
including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. So what that means is there is for something to be alive, there has to be a process. There has to be processes going on inside there in 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 their insides, obviously, um, and they have to be imperative for life. Um, and they also have to be changing. They have to, for so for example, they grow. Or humans, we develop facial hair. We develop our hair grows, our body grows, etc. Um, and that is not present in, say, for example, a rock. I know that sounds very, very basic stuff, but it's true. That is, a rock can't grow a beard. A rock can't grow, change its shape. A rock will never change its shape unless some external factor influences. As, you know, if a if a child throws it against the the pavement and it shatters, it's changed its shape. It's changed its shape then, but that it's not being caused by itself. Um, like a human's growth is not caused by anyone else. It's caused by the body and what we eat and what we consume. And that's getting into biology, which I'm going to leave because I'm not a biologist. Um, I'm not anything. I'm just a guy who likes space. Um, but, you know, it's it's commonly misconcepted that it's not just animals that are life. Plants are also biotic and they are also they also have internal processes that keep them alive such as respiration photosynthesis and they also reproduce through the means of um pollination pollen pollination pollinize it pollination um you know when when bees attach pollen and they spread the seeds etc um and that obviously plant life is very precious on earth um and Right as of now, there's never been any biotic entities to be discovered outside Earth. It's exclusive to Earth. Life is on Earth only as we know it. However, if should should life be discovered um, outside Earth, it does raise a question whether it would be more or less precious than life on Earth. Um, it's a question that I don't really have an answer to. If I'm completely honest with you, I haven't really. I didn't really think about it because it just came to my mind that would we consider it more precious? Would we consider it imperative to protect or would we focus on protecting our own, our own planet or, and would we abuse the, the biotic entities of another planet to help save our planet? Um, again, it's an interesting thought. Um, and I encourage you to have your own opinions and, you know, if you want, let let me know, because it's it's, it's interesting. I want I I want to know people's opinions on it because it's um, it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting thought, and it came to my attention when I was researching this that, you know, we should. It, it, it it's an interesting thing to think about, really. Um. Obviously, the discovery of plants would be unbelievably groundbreaking, but bacteria would be even more so. Bacteria is obviously considered very primitive now it's you know simple simple celled it's an organ it's a tiny tiny microscopic organism and they're very they're extremely common there's probably there will be loads of bacteria around you right now some good some bad uh wipe your surfaces <laughs> um 
uh, and that just so the discovery of bacteria would then obviously be unbelievable because it it can show that it can uh, that planet or that celestial body can support that kind of complex life com- complex life inverted commas that is more than um there's more than plants because bacteria is said to have a conscience kind of so they can move they can transport themselves they can carry their vectors that that means that animals my goodness animals discovery of animals like a sheep a, a, a cow looking thing on another celestial body would would be unbelievably amazing and it would just change what we thought about our own ecosystem our own wildlife completely and it would just change what we thought what we thought about maybe consuming meat or whatever forever and that's just animals if we found intelligent life humanity would never be the same again that's that is a certainty that we would just never ever ever consider ourselves as what we used to we would just be we would believe that we would just be another one in the universe you know we would know the question are we alone would be finally answered humanity would who knows maybe it would be good maybe it would be bad um we might we may just have to find out if we ever do find intelligent life but it would have either catastrophic or at least fundamental changes to humanity as a society and as a community and as a civilization and may change our approach to general general uh, ethics and may change our stance on war or what or you know any conflict at all so we've talked about how you can define life but what does life need to survive um so obviously earth has we have oceans of liquid water we have lakes of liquid water 70 percent of the earth is covered in liquid water um it is as we know it i need to have a disclaimer here by the way because these facts right here they could be wrong because we are only based off our planet and our i guess sample of life on earth um it could be different for other planets it could be that some require no atmosphere they thrive in a vacuum which is unlikely but could happen um so liquid the, the i i you know of the um the the children's story goldilocks and the three bears there is a thing in astronomy called the goldilocks zone which is referred to as the habitable zone sometimes um, and it's the area around the star where liquid water can exist. So the, the temperature on the surface is right for liquid water. So an Earth obviously orbits in the Goldilocks zone. However, that's not just that doesn't mean that planets were in the Goldilocks zone of their star will have life on them. Life obviously needs energy to uh, survive. So you know, plants need energy for respiration. They need energy for um photosynthesis they need energy for osmosis um active transport sorry not osmosis biology stuff that we're not going to get into humans need energy for every 
internal condition anything needs energy for anything any internal condition we need and obviously as an advanced civilization we also need energy to power our devices you know you're what you're probably listening to this on a device with power well you are you are obviously you are um and it's oh it's it cannot be overstated how important energy is to life and our lifestyles as humans um in terms of other element elemental um factors of life uh there are gases such as nitrogen phosphorus sulfur um um that we need to survive and oxygen of course like nitrogen the atmosphere is actually made of 78 percent nitrogen um it, it a lot more than oxygen a lot more than any other gas um and it's extremely important for maintaining that pressure that protection um or uh, as well as other elements such as sodium we need sodium to survive it gives us our obviously our salts and things like that um respiration and photosynthesis as well um obviously the energy you need um but they are also imperative for plant growth as and such uh phosphorus as well it was detected in venus's atmosphere um quite recently actually uh and it sparked quite a big excitement because it could be the sign of um life it's classic it's phosphine gas is uh classed as a biosignature um which is a, a sign of life but it, it's um it's been since died down a little bit uh as they discovered a potential other source which is abiotic and it's more likely than life and obviously the hellish conditions of venus make life extremely extremely unlikely um Radiation protection as well from solar flares. You need a good magnetosphere um, to protect yourself, to protect organisms from space, from the dangers of your star, especially if you've got a red dwarf. Red dwarfs are extremely active. They can throw massive solar flares at you. Um, how, um, therefore, also, you need a stable star um, because you don't want huge coronal mass ejections coming at you Earth is quite well defended by our magnetosphere. Um, we encounter solar flares. Off, we've encountered many solar flares, and they've never really had an effect on us because our magnetosphere defends it, and it, you know, absorbs the mo the um, the energy from the sun that can damage potentially damage life. The northern lights are actually caused by. Um, energy from the sun being diverted to the poles by the magnetosphere uh so it can create a beautiful sight as well um and obviously it sounds quite obvious but there needs to be no extinction events such as the dinosaurs the impact the meteorite impacting earth um also or uh, uh, one caused by ourselves you know if we ever decide full-out nuclear war is is the way to go and we end up wiping out the whole planet as a result um would not be good um and obviously we don't need and that that, need, that needs not to happen for life to survive um which yeah it seems fairly obvious doesn't it so we've 
need, we've said what life needs to survive. So where in the solar system could life uh, be slash has been? Um, at the moment, we know that only Earth has liquid water on its surface. Um, there's a lot of planets and moons with ice and asteroids as well, mainly made out of water ice. Um, but it's not running liquid water, which is what Earth has, obviously. Um, Titan is an unusual one. It's a moon with a subs- a very a, quite a thick atmosphere, actually. Um, it has lakes of liquid liquid ethane and methane, and could potentially support humans one day if we modify the atmosphere correctly. Um, it's quite it's quite it's it's far away from the sun, so. It's quite well protected by Saturn's um, magnetosphere as well, so radiation isn't a problem. Well, as big as a problem as it would be if it wasn't in the magnetosphere of Saturn. Um, it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting moon. It's uh, the second biggest moon in the solar system, and it's it could be potentially a a small colony for for the advanced human civilizations of thousands of years to come perhaps after we finish colonizing mars the next step might be to go and colonize titan um makes sense uh mercury also has ice poles um and could potentially once have been habitable um however it isn't now uh, it, it has an extremely thin atmosphere which is in the it could be indicative of, of, of a once quite thick atmosphere um with the with the ice obviously um and it could what it could have once been it could have once supported life it could have the conditions to support life um mars also has been confirmed to have liquid water on the surface curiosity this confirmed that in 2013 i believe um making it sorry making it one of the more likely oh god sorry uh, making it more one of the more likely bodies for life to ex- have existed in the uh, in the solar system. Um, uh, hence, why the Perseverance rover is in the Jezero in the Jezero crater right now, uh, which was a a river delta, um, and had liquid water in it once, searching for obviously microbi- micro micro um, microbiotic life. Um, four to three point five billion years ago, interestingly as well, the moon could have had a sufficient atmosphere for life and liquid water. Um, we discovered there to be liquid uh, ice water in the in the Shackleton crater on the moon's south pole. Um, hence where that's where the Artemis is ba- Artemis base will be. Uh, however long in the future that is, um, but that is where it will be. Um because of the ice we discovered that 2019 i believe um or 20 some time around 2019 it was confirmed could have had an couldn't have an atmosphere the moon it, it was originally speculated that the moon that was a protoplanet um could have supported life at some point perhaps before it slammed into the earth and is what it is now um Ceres as well, a dwarf planet in the atmosphere, uh, sorry, in the atmosphere, in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Um, Not bigger than Pluto. Uh, 
but it could have had a, a, a thick atmosphere at one point. It has a water vapor atmosphere, which is quite thin, albeit. So could um, have once supported some sort of basic life at some point in the solar system's creation when the conditions were a lot different when they when it was a a thicker atmosphere it could have been a potential um a potential habitable planet um it could be that Ceres was once home to some basic plant life or bacteria we we may we probably should be um exploring Ceres more um because it seems like an interesting, interesting little planet, a uh, dwarf planet. Sorry, um, and people people don't seem to take notice of Ceres, but it is quite a famous, a famous dwarf planet. Um, speaking of a an unknown body which could support life, Enceladus, one of Saturn's moons, um, was discovered to have geothermal activity, water vapor, and a possible under ice ocean, which are all um, possible supporters of life. They are needed for life. Um, it could that that moon could have some sort of maybe extreme life below the ocean. Um, the Cassini um, Huygens probe detected carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen. It's two thousand and five flyby, um, and we've previously identified those as uh, essential gases for life to survive. To survive, so it's a promising um, a promising moon or a location for potential life to exist um but the most likely in the solar system is europa um in 2011 nasa confirmed the existence of vast lakes in the icy surface um they might they may not have been liquid water we don't know they could have been um they may be something else but it's likely they were liquid water and if they were and hydrothermal vents existed in the in those lakes we could be talking about a probability of life instead of a possibility because extremophiles exist on earth at the at the depths of the ocean such as the mariana trench there's uh, hydrothermal vents that small primitive bacteria live around extremophiles that survive in extreme conditions and there could be those on europa there could be um and NASA's plans to launch the Europa Clipper in 2024, which will, um, I can't remember if it will land or just survey Europa. I, I'm, I think it might land. I think it might have a small rover. Um, but I will, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that one because that could be a very interesting, a very interesting podcast. Um, because we're so close, we could be life could literally be right on our doorstep so what about intelligent life um it is almost certain but it probably is certain that life is impossible intelligent life is impossible in the solar system we would likely have seen them by now unless they were unless it was some sort of intelligent life that lived below europa's ice um we would definitely have seen them or made contact with them by now um it took or it Intelligent life is extremely more unlikely than life itself. It took six million years for the first descendant of the human to appear on Earth. Um, This means that that descendant 
any ancestor of humans, not just the modern ones, have been on Earth for, at most, 0.13% of its time. Six million years out of 4.5 billion. Um, if we only class modern humans as intelligent life, the only intelligent life to have ever been on Earth, we have been around for 200,000 to 300,000 years, making a percentage range between 0.004% to 0.006% of Earth's time. So we have spent roughly 0.005% of Earth's existence as an intelligent species. That is astronomically small like it's 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 hard to th fathom how unlikely life is in terms of probability um as said by the oxford study uh that took into account many factors but came to the conclusion that and i quote we are an, an unlikely planet um they basically said that life is extremely the earth is just perfect and it's extremely unlikely there's anything like life that anything like earth anywhere to support intelligent life uh, i wanted to find a probability statistic for you but i couldn't um there was no reliable one that i could find unfortunately um for intelligent life but you'll just have to go with the fact that it is it is extremely unlikely that there is any other intelligent life um although or that we know of so let's for a second just imagine that we have found intelligent life how do we rank them i introduced you the kardashev scale in 1964 nikolai nikolai kardashev ranked potential civilizations on their energy consumption um, you may have heard of this before. Um, it, it consists of type 1, type 2, and type 3. There are also type 4 and type 5, and even a type omega, but we'll come to them soon. But type 1 controls their, ho their home planet, and they consume roughly 10 to the 16 watts per second. Um, type 2 controls their star system and can consumes approximately 10 to the 26 watts per second type 3 then is a galactic civilization so they control their own galaxy and consumes roughly 10 to the power of 36 watts per second as i said there are type 4 type 5 all the way up to a, a type omega civilization um a type omega civilization will be able to control their own universe and possibly others uh if the multiverse theory is correct um but these are almost disregarded as we believe that if there were to be a type four or type five, we would have probably noticed them by now um, because their influence would spread over light years and light years. And we would probably have detected them by now. Um, humanity is currently around about 0.74 on the Kardashev scale. And our energy consumption is roughly two times 10 to the 13 watts per second. So we are three to four orders of magnitude off a type one civilization pulling us at around the 0.74 mark um to advance to type one we would probably need to 
develop large-scale fusion, we would need to make it feasible, and we'd also need to be investigating antimatter reactors and possibly implementing them into our uh, total energy total energy costs and total energy production as well. So where are all the aliens? There's so many planets, so many stars out there that we just, it's, it's likely, it's surely likely that aliens exist, right? So in 1950, an Italian physicist called Enrico Fermi came up with a theory that is now known as the Fermi paradox. He said that a civilization with modest rocket technology could rapidly colonize their galaxy. It could be done in 10 million years, which would be a relatively short period on the timescale of a galaxy. This sparked massive debate after he died in 1954 um, among scientists. There's a very famous article by Michael Hart titled An Explanation for the Absence of Extraterrestrials on Earth. Um, Hart was of the opinion that we are the only advanced civilization in the galaxy. Um, And he had four possible arguments of why aliens had never visited, visited Earth should they exist. The first was a physical difficulty was preventing them from leaving their own planet, such as their engineering capabilities, the gravity, whether the planet may be too big, the atmosphere may be too thick to feasibly do it. Um, The second was they chose not to. They simply just thought we aren't worthy. Third, any advanced civilizations arose too quickly to reach us. So they may have, they may have rose in the last 2 million years, in which case, probably wouldn't have had any time to reach us with our current level of technology anyway. Um, and the fourth option was aliens had vis- visited us in the past, but not observed us, or we hadn't observed them. I'm sorry, no, they had observed us, but we hadn't observed them. Such as when the dinosaurs were around, they may have visited then, and then where they were wiped out with the extinction of the dinosaurs. So their remains may be buried somewhere in... Uh, maybe in your maybe in your back garden, maybe right under your feet right now, there is a skeletal remains of an alien. Um, unlikely, but a possibility. This idea was challenged, however, by researchers saying star travel may not be feasible at all and may never work, may never be. So you can't rule out the existence of species just because they haven't visited us. Frank Tipler. Uh, wrote a follow-up to Hart's work with a paper titled Extraterrestrial Intelligence Does Not Exist, or Extraterrestrial Intelligent Beings Do Not Exist, sorry, to be more accurate. Uh, The bulk of this dealt with proving star travel was feasible, um, and and arguing since there were no beings on Earth, we were the only ones out there with intelligence. Quite ignorant when you think about it, but then you see how much debate the Fermi paradox started and how much it confused scientists and how interesting it is if you delve really deep into it. So, a conclusion. This is a personal opinion now. Um, personally, I believe intelligent life to be so rare and practically impossible that we are the only intelligent civilization, not just in the galaxy, but in the world. I am open to be proven wrong, and I hope, I, I wish I am. I really do. I really want my, my me to be wrong because I think it would be. I would think it would help the human race. In in ways that we may not, never, we may not 
imagine right now and they may not be just they may be out of our grasp mentally because we could learn so much from them they can learn so much from us we can form a galactic alliance even it's 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 bordering on star wars and star trek kind of stuff um it's just something that is so interesting and so and would be so in my opinion beneficial um it's probable also that well it's probable that some sort of life exists in our galaxy and one day it will be proven i said probable in my notes but i thought about it more it's probably it's 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 almost definite i believe because there's uh, it's just ridiculous how many planets how big the universe is and how unlikely it is that no other life is around us and it just it's mind-boggling how the scale of the universe and it's mind-boggling how many planets there are so there has to be something or somewhere so i think we can say with some certainty that there is some sort of life forms somewhere maybe not intelligent but there is some sort of plant life bacteria life maybe even macro macro fauna which is like big animals um the the thing that's quite scary and maybe even a little bit depressing is even if intelligent life did exist we will never know because they it's if if they were in our galaxy if they were in our galaxy and we could contact them i believe that we would have done so by now and we would have we would have contacted them we would have noticed their presence um realistically we will never be able to reach them either um even if humanity has a bright future we develop interstellar travel but it's not certain that they will either hence making contacting them extremely hard especially with the a lang- a possible language barrier um english is english and all the common languages of the world would be thrown out the window and we i have personally i have no idea how we would communicate with any other intelligent life forms this is all just spe- massive speculation by the way from me and i don't want you to take my word for it in any shape of the in any shape of the, or form because i'm just not a, a an expert on this i just have taken take a massive interest in in space but i do encourage you to think about this because it is a very very interesting topic and it should be talked about more because it just is so interesting it's so it's very 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 good to to think about it because it could change our change the way we see earth forever even if we think about it not even discover and on that note um i think i'm gonna leave the podcast there um if you have stayed through i do really really appreciate it i really do it's it's means a lot to me that people listen to my podcast no matter what they use it for no matter what they think i it just means a lot it makes it makes a big difference to me that if you watch it all the way through so thank you if you have um and i hope you have enjoyed i hope you all have a brilliant brilliant day or well i'll probably be uploading this now ish because it's it's the it's probably the evening um I hope that you all are well 
and I, I hope that you all are looking forward to future episodes um, and future, future, yeah, some future episodes. And I hope, I hope you all have. I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you all stay safe, and I will see you in the next one. Thank you.